Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the Writer's Room podcast dedicated to rewriting the Star Wars sequels. I'm Bryce Quinn, and I'm joined by, for the first time, Emily Holden. How are you, Emily? Good. Thank you so much for having me today. Emily, you're one of our two friends who are obsessed with Star Wars and have agreed to come on the show when Melo or Sandra can't make it, so thank you so much. And that is because Sandra isn't here this week. Uh, he's, in fact, away for the month of February, and he's currently snowboarding with his family in Canada. So who is going to keep you in check, Melo, our lead writer? No one. No one, Bruce. This is the month I go off the rails. Everything changes, and I'm going to make a whole new script. Oh, my God. See, yeah. I thought you were already off the rails before this, and now, oh, no, no, no. now I want Sandra back more than ever. Has it even started? No, honestly, um, I'll regulate myself. I'm, uh, yeah, cracking away, slowly mm-hmm. chipping away at a new treatment. David. It's funny because every time we do an episode, it feels like we're kind of rewriting a lot of your progress. Oh, like, fuck you yeah. Have to keep... exactly <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like adjusting like, as we go. I've got this main story structure that I'm trying to stick to, and just it just gets better every mm. episode we do. Well, that's the goal. Individual character that's the dream. better, so yeah. But on with the show. Today's episode is our character study of Finn, the stormtrooper turned resistance leader. On this show, we start with a brief overview of the character before moving to Article 1, listing out all the bad writing decisions made with the character in the sequels. Then we give each other our fixed pitches for how we would change and improve them in our rewrite of the scripts, and finally decide on one idea by the end of the show. So let's begin with Article 0, character overview, Finn. Uh, Emily, you're our new guest. You could jump in and talk about Finn first. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Well, when I was rewatching the story, I didn't actually like realize how sad his actual beginning was. And like his backstory and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty devastating being taken from a family, as he says to Ray, that he'll never know from like three years old, I believe. But I guess you see that with a lot of characters. Yeah. He gets indoctrinated immediately into the empire and then the empire is all he knows, which is kind of why it's so interesting that he's so quick to turn on him. Interesting is definitely one word for it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I think he is a very very cool character who definitely contrasts Poe a lot, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah, I really like the aspects that they do have of him being Force-sensitive. Whether or not you guys go with that (laughs) is (laughs) definitely up to you guys. But yeah, I think he's definitely from a moral standpoint, it's interesting at the start because he just wants to leave. He doesn't really care for good or bad. He just wants to leave. And we see that a lot with Han. And that is, again, I guess what you kind of have with the three trio, like him and Rey, they don't really care about what's happening with the Empire. Even though they're both so terribly affected by it, they just want to leave and avoid it. And I think throughout the story, we see him come to the realization that obviously he has to do something about it. He does come to that realization a little too quick for my taste (laughs) in the movies. But, you know... I think, yeah, his character development's interesting throughout. I just think it kind of falls stagnant throughout the middle yeah. where he's kind of like, oh, I'm with the resistance. Oh, okay, cool. And you just, he just kind of goes past the Empire. Like, you don't really get all the backstory of the effect the Empire had on him. It definitely did feel like they had to rush that because they were like, we need yeah. him to go from Stormtrooper to being in the resistance, being a good guy. And they yeah. didn't want to linger on it at all, apparently. Yeah, yeah. To, to me, he's defined as a character who is is defined by a series of, of rush decisions, not from him personally, but that the creators have made for him. This know, is our character yeah. overview, Mello. Yeah. We'll get to the critique okay. in a second. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> but that's that's how about. He's, he's all these he seemingly rushes. He starts out as a stormtrooper yep. and then meets Poe, decides, you know what, I'm going to save this guy trying to get him out of this prison. And like you said earlier, before we started recording, Emily, he kind of kicks off a lot of the events of the story. If he didn't save yeah. Poe, the rest of the events would have not happened or gone very, very differently. But he doesn't necessarily even do it to be, like, a good guy. Like, in the start, he just says, like, oh, I just need a pilot. Yes. And he starts with that, you know, he's trying to run away, he's trying to escape all of this stuff. And Ray has that similar kind of motivation. And it's so easy to slip into critique. It's lazy. (laughs) There's not a whole lot. I I can continue the trend if we want. So, yeah, so he he tries to escape the First Order, 
then you know when he gets brought into this action with with ray and this adventure with bb8 and whatever he then abandons that cause when we get to Mascanada's castle. Yes. His motivation is he's motivated by fear. Yeah. He's terrified of the First Order, what they've done, what they've made him be, and so he just wants to run away. And it's only when he sees Ray get kidnapped that he chooses to join back in the fight, but not for the resistance. In this whole first film, he doesn't actually care about the resistance at all. He just cares about his newfound friend, the only person who's ever really cared about him. So sad. Mm. It is. It's kind of like some sweet, you know, like yeah. nice stuff. And then they have that really pretty fun, like final action set piece where they go to Starkiller Base and Finn's leading them through. It is fun. It is very family friendly, but there is definitely some endearing elements to it where he's like, you know, the trash compactor, all that kind yep. of stuff. And then he fights with a lightsaber, yeah. loses, which is honestly a very good choice. It's great. Right. Ray should have lost really as well, in my fight. opinion, but yeah. that's fine. Then in The Last Jedi, pretty much all of that development and him you know growing to be like raised very steadfast loyal friends is pretty much thrown out the window because he still wants to run away i, I rewatched that bit because i was i was thinking the same thing as well i was like so at the start of the film what's he motivated by he wants to get to ray he's got this tracking beacon so that ray knows where the resistance are and he says to rose that he wants to distance himself from the first order so that, that she doesn't fall into the trap which yeah like. so basically he is wanting to run away don't get me wrong yeah. yeah but even that choice feels like they're not doing anything new in the character they're no. not treading any new interesting grounds if he's not running away and he's trying to save ray yeah. surely there's a more interesting way they could have come up yeah with and i think that. it's it's um without getting into it too much it's another one of those things of like this film should not have been based immediately after the next one but i feel like like with what you were saying there like even if it was him running away like that's fine but they should have gone into it further like yeah if it's from trauma explore it show the effects not just like the surface level and make him seem like a selfish piece of work so he goes from running away to suddenly being like oh they're tracking us through light speed i know how to fix that and then he's back in the action just because like that's it why does he know how it works he's literally sewer maintenance (laughs) kind of guy it's This has been talked to death a million times, but it is very silly. Um, And then he very much gets sidelined. He works with Rose. Rose kisses him. There's a whole thing. It doesn't really go anywhere. The third movie starts, and he's still a side character, not really doing anything important. He leads a big charge on some horses at one point. Just keeps chasing Ray. He just wants to help Ray. He's just chasing Ray the whole time. He's her emotional support, but she rejects him the entire film because she's on her own journey that no one can help her with. Yes. Uh, Very silly. And then at one point, he's like, Ray, there's something I need to tell you. And then nothing. No. <laughs> Foreshadowing to shit that they're just not gonna. More mystery box stuff in the last film. Oh, we well. failed miserably at that character overview, trying to be unbiased. Uh, ah, <laughs> fine. No, look, they did a bad job. <laughs> Let's just jump right into yeah. Article One. What went wrong? Oh, because clearly, <laughs> I think we all feel like there's significant things that went wrong. So, right. Okay, right from the start, he should have been the second main character to Ray. Okay. He was set up like that in Force Awakens, all the marketing and everything. And that's a cool premise to have this guy who, from this in- indoctrination to go on to then be the hero and you know he should struggle with that didn't struggle with it at all all of his character development in terms of rejecting the first order happens almost off screen and then in that first little battle it's not enough but he should be properly like the is it the deuteragonist um yes proper like second so you feel like he should have been that in the sequel trilogy that we got due to marketing and the way that they wrote the story not just that but just like he was if you're going to make anyone the second main character okay he's he's an interesting because he very much is not the second main character (laughs) He just feels like one of those side characters who's just used to go go off and fill whatever side mission needs to happen yeah. like throughout the movies. And so that's when you get those points where it's like, oh, how does he know how they're tracking him? It's like, oh, well, that's... Well, he role. works in the First Order. He knows how they work. Yeah, like, he knows everything, obviously. doesn't make any sense because they play it off for jokes. He was in sewer maintenance. The implication being he has no idea what he's doing. He's way out of his field. And so when it comes back to The Last Jedi and he does know what he's doing and what he's talking about, and he's doing all this engineer mechanic stuff, doesn't make any sense. But you have that with, like, a lot of the characters. You're like, where is your skill coming from? Is that in the sequels or in Star Wars in general? 
<laughs> sequels. <laughs> I think sequels. mainly the sequels. Like with Ray, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And like him and Ray just have the same. I think uh, sequels, you could definitely argue to it uh, more egregiously for sure. Got any points, Emily? What went wrong? I mean, yeah, his character, they just did not delve into his past enough. Like, I think his past is so much more interesting than what happens to him in the present. Especially seeing that decision where he starts going towards the light. Like, as we were talking about before the podcast, like, at what point do you realize that everything you've been taught your entire life is a lie? Yeah. And it can't just start with that moment where you see the Monjaku and he decides, I don't want to kill people. Because if you're working with the Empire, you know what they're doing from the start so why is this the moment it is literally one moment he gets blood on his helmet it's his first battle um and he's had you know maybe 18 20 years leading up to this point being trained and indoctrinated into this like regime uh, and he's it's the thing is he's the blood and the person that he's helping is is one of his fellow troopers yeah you know so he doesn't take that oh my god one of my fellow troopers has been killed and doesn't use that as rage to then want to kill more of them he's just like ah mortality and then <laughs> it's just kind just of runs. yeah it's kind of like he has that realization of you can't win a war there mm. is no winners in wars and it's like he has that realization but it's just it's kind of shallow and like, he's instantly it like explore. i'm gonna run away from all of this your so, key issues bryce i've got his arc with rose in the last Jedi makes him a side side character yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what i wrote for a big issue not super related to the stormtrooper stuff yeah. but in in the overall writing of his character in especially the second movie and the third movie very much sidelined yep. like so sidelined especially rise of um skywalker he's just literally has a line where he's like i've got the force and they sideline him yeah after that it's it's pretty incredible like what they did with his character and john boyega is very vocal about how annoyed he is at disney in the yeah. writing of those movies <laughs> yeah what have i got noted here that john boyega is one of the most disrespected actors to ever have worked in star wars you can't just take a fanboy like him and then make him end up hating it yeah it's it. it's pretty That's... tragic yeah, because he looks like someone who generally could take this character to such a cool length. Like, as you were talking, he could definitely, like, even him and Ray can go side and side, and I'd be happy watching both. Yeah. They just throw him away with so much potential. And then we could also talk about the marketing and what they did with Finn <sighs> in, in certain countries. So, yeah, obviously the marketing thing, most people know that. Well. Like, physically sidelining him in the poster for the Chinese release because of his skin color. All this kind of stuff. Good Very unfortunate um, whole story, really, with his character. And the, and the fact that real world bullshit got in the way of him being a good character and being a main star of the show my next point is uh he has the force question mark question mark i don't know <laughs> I, I, I don't know yeah how do we feel about this i mean like throughout Star, there are different variations of the force like, like yeah. i think it's cool to have that little bit of force connection because i think it kind of explains why he's so drawn to ray it kind of gives a bit of that reason because like he meets her and he's like I will follow you to the ends of the earth. And he spends the next three movies following her to the ends. Like, at least with a bit of that force power, you can kind of be like, oh, okay, they're drawn to each other, I guess, a little in the same way Kylo is. You don't want to give him overpower because he doesn't need power to be interesting. Yeah. Like, his backstory is what makes him cool. He doesn't need the I force I think that's what people that. have been saying yeah. since the start. Like, mm -hmm. why aren't they talking or dealing more with the Stormtrooper stuff? The Rise of Skywalker is, like, a really lazy attempt to do that, to, to answer that criticism where he does meet another ex-Stormtrooper who also gave up and turned against the, the First Order. And it all just feels so lazy. As for is he Force-sensitive or stuff, I don't know. In our, we'll get to it later, but in the different versions I've written, I've got it, it's something that would come up more in Episode 8, yeah. Episode eight, where I've got two versions equally as cool, one where he does, one where he doesn't. I don't, I don't mind it, but they just chucked it in late is the problem, and then yeah. they didn't even actually chuck it in again. They didn't even say it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's not even addressed. So maybe Why he, is that line in there? Maybe he doesn't have force abilities. Maybe it's something else, you know? He's trying to tell Ray, Ray, 
two for one discount at Subway <laughs> this week. I don't know. Right, I'm trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> no, it's uh, so stupid. Constantly feels like they don't know what to do with this character. Yeah. I think that's the overall kind of... Even in The Force Awakens, it almost feels like that, where he kind of gets shuffled around and he's following Rey the whole time. It feels like they have this fear that he's going to take away from Rey, which is so not the case. They're so scared he's going to take away from this one character. Yeah. Did Obi-Wan take away from Anakin in the prequels? You I, can't take away from Luke. No, they help each other. You just you just write good. It's yeah. not so hard. Because cool they're different. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard to write good, okay? Just do better. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's all my points covered. Anyone else got anything to jump in, add on to? No, that's the bulk of it, man. Yeah, i got to say the same. All righty. Mm. Article 1 Six. done. Article 1.5. What do we like about Finn? Point 1. He's such a charismatic bloke. He he's is. so fun to watch no, on he's, screen. He's, John Boyega is an absolute gift. We had the same kind of discussion about um, Poe last week um, with Oscar Isaac. They're just such talented actors. To see them wasted is so devastating. Yeah. But the moments we do get of them being so talented and so in these roles uh, and bringing them to life is, is, is magical. He, I think he's got brilliant chemistry with Ray, and I think he's got brilliant chemistry with Poe. I definitely agree. And I think he's not charismatic, like, in a way that he knows it, which is so much better. Like, it's, it's not the Han Solo or Poe where, like, they know they're... They know they're charismatic. They know they can get, like, it's just, like, from this place of purity and innocence, which is yeah. so funny because he has such a dark past. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, so innocent after going through everything and you want him to win. I think it's an interesting point to touch on that he's just kind of, like, this pure, innocent dude. He's a goofball yeah. and he is charismatic in a way that you can be charismatic by, like, falling upwards, kind of, you know? Yeah. He's just kind of, like, stumbles into success almost. He is, he kind of, like, has this... In Force Awakens in particular, which is where I like really love him, he's kind of a lost puppy yeah. nature in a sense, and it's it's great. And also like he's you know he's got this really scared and frantic way about him in all of the stuff he goes through in Ray. Let's think about the Raptors and stuff like that. Yeah, his way of being crossed with with how Ray is in Force Awakens is that same sort of like you know you know when they talk about how like the the original trilogy had that fun goofy comedy, and then in the sequels they just tried to force it in too much. Yeah, the comedy came from character dynamics. And, and different personalities and those sort of conflicts. And that's what it always was for me with, with Ray and Finn. Yeah. There's comedy it, in their relationship. I think that is one thing that they succeeded with because yeah. obviously prequels, they swung way too hard. They went all the way to Jar Jar, C-3PO and R2 being like really like slapstick comedy. Um, and then they were like, okay, well, people really respond well to the character comedy and the yeah. interplay there. And they, they did a really good job with like Ray and Finn. I still laugh watching Force Awakens. Like, yeah, the, and BB-8, good. like the, the character play there is really, really fun. And then it disappears. <laughs> and it kind of disappears. Yeah. Um, he's incredibly good-natured, you know? Mm. Like, that's the that's the thing that is is really endearing about him. It's something that, I, I don't know, gets, like, spread out a bit more because we're saying, yeah, like, he recovers from all the shit with the First Order and gets over that way too quickly. At his core, he is, inver- is, is a, just a good person. Because you see the people he's surrounded by and you're like, you should not. Be- I think it's a, just a nature versus nurture. See, mm. I, I that's kind of where yeah. I'm at. And I want to dive more into that in the in Article 2. Yes, but do we have anything else we want to talk about positives-wise for Finn? Yeah, so I, I, we, I, we touched on like his fight scene with Kylo. I liked that. That's mm-hmm. scrappy. It's exactly how that should have been. Exactly. I actually really enjoy his fight scene with Phasma, although I enjoy the deleted scene version more. I have no idea what the scene ends. is. Okay, so he fights with Phasma in, in The Last Jedi and he bests Phasma. Mm-hmm. In the deleted scene, they're surrounded by stormtroopers and he basically calls her out and he says, you know, when I put a gun to your head, you lowered the shields. You've, you betrayed the First Order. You're all face lying to these yeah. people. Oh, and that's cool. So look at each other and then she's like, it kills all the stormtroopers around oh them. Oh my god! See, that's yeah. that's so cool because it shows like his morals and ethics are so different. That's brilliant. That's, that's dark as hell. And they got rid of it. I feel like um, Sandro would hate that scene because it's very much family. Sandro <laughs> loves the family idea of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and he he loves to keep that dream alive. 
And a scene like that is almost at home in Andor. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal, but yeah. I, I, I love it personally. It's cool. It's a cool scene. Anyway. Article two, our fix pitches. Yeah. Our ideas for how we would fix Finn in the sequel trilogy in our own rewrite of the scripts. Boy, oh boy. Going off of um, what Emily was saying with him being pure-hearted and all that kind of stuff, I have this note here. Ray and Finn connect because they both believe in the good in people, and despite his harsh beliefs, it is ultimately his sense of justice and kindness that converts Finn to the light. The moral should be that you cannot beat that out of people, no matter what. That was kind of like my last note, the idea that, you know, you can be inherently good, and no matter, no kind of, like, beating down of your character um, through any kind of trauma can, can really beat that out of you. And I think that's a beautiful message to put out there. I think that's cool. I think that perhaps maybe just... You know, with all of the stuff that the First Order's done to him, he's just forgotten. And I, I think um, the idea that Poe doesn't have that, and Ray and Poe don't connect in that way, yep. and that Ray and Finn do, and that there is this potential of goodness in everyone, even if you do come from a really dark past, where you're literally a part of a Nazi-esque regime, you can, there is still good in you, and you can still be redeemed in that way. I think that's a, a cool moral, you know. Yeah, I definitely agree with, like, there's good in everyone, but I want it to take yeah yes like i really think it needs to be something like he has it deep down but it needs to be like pulled out and slowly because that's like the one trope that i really really hate when people become good for no reason on a a dime yeah on a dime they're just like oh okay no and i think i would really love to see those moments where he does become good and you think oh my god he's become this good person he's really like turned over and then you get those hints of darkness. Yeah. Like, I would like to see that dark come back. Like, it's not something you can just... Even though nature versus nurture, you're not going to just get rid of those pasts. And I would like to see those be re-brought up. Yeah. And have to be something that Ray also has to kind of challenge. Like, she's kind of the opposite of him. Of She was, I guess, if you're going with the Palpatine line. Like, yeah. she has the dark nature versus he is the good nature. Like, yeah. she gets her dark parts and he gets his. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, it, it it I think his journey for the Force Awakens needs to be overcoming the First Order. Yeah, you know I think that by the end of it, then he should be separate from it. But I think that that's the thing he's grappling with. You know, he gets caught up in this scenario, mm-hmm. whatever scenario we're running with with our treatment, where he kind of you know is taken prisoner in a sense and swept up in this adventure. Yeah, um, I think that those two characters, Ray and Poe, will help him eventually. And I think that you know, so there's that atrocity in the in the start of the real Force Awakens where there's a battle. I think that if he's caught up in some battle at the start it's not enough for him yet yeah but later on in the film he should see you know the true evil of the first order who are, or whoever they are following on from that point finn believes that kidnapping kids is a lesser evil than letting them live in slavery and squalor on the mm. outer rim yep so that's kind of the moral dilemma Ooh. at the start of the film um a lot of what we talked about in our first draft treatment yep. is that they are kidnapping kids to bring them into the first order to bolster their ranks right and poe sees them doing that poe decides, I'm going to take this in my own hands, tries to take out a squad of them, and that ends up with Poe and Finn being kidnapped by Ray and leads into the adventure, and that starts the story. But the kidnapping kids, Finn is okay with this because he sees it as the lesser evil. What do you guys think of that? Well, I mean, I think, like, his backstory, that makes complete sense. Like, if you're told this is what's yeah. good and this is what's... and you're indoctrinated into that truly belief, I think that makes sense. Do I agree with it? Not. But, like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, it makes sense that that is where his character goes. But I would love to see him questioning his earlier decisions in the movie and mm. dealing with that guilt. Yeah, for And sure. actually not just, like, what the First Order did, but what he 
did and as a character. Maybe even you had a scene where it is reflected back at him, where he sees like the training camps that these kids are put into, and yeah. the way that they are like shouted at and treated like soldiers in like this boot camp kind of thing yeah. could be or, a really like brutal scene to watch. Or even him reliving like his own childhood of yeah. being in those places and being like, "Oh my god, I'm doing the same to these kids." Yeah. Like, and just reiterating that it's a cycle. Okay, that'll be really cool. Pitch that I okay. just like yeah, yeah. thought of right now. On the when they're going through Takodana, maybe there is an imperial settlement there, uh, uh, not imperial, but first order settlement where yeah. they have like a training camp okay, and they free camp, some right. kids from there or something like That's that. Cool. I was kind of tied like, into the yeah. story as well. Yeah, they'll crash land and they'll have like you know, yeah. oh, they'll fight a monster together and they'll have a heart to heart over the campfire. Yes, and then how we bring it all into the action, getting closer to Han Solo is yeah, something. So whether the first order are kidnapping children there and they try to stop it, training something facility, like that. secret one. Could be There's cool. something there. We'll yeah. we'll put a pin in that one yeah. for now. Um, I like it. No, yeah, I've literally got a note here. It's like we can't talk about Finn without talking about the first order because there's yes. still so much for us to define there. There is a lot to define with the first get order, to, including the name, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, and also like what do they represent in comparison to the Empire? Like. They say they're so different, but, like, what adds actually... I think the more that we talk on this show and the more episodes we do, we're going to have to just do a politics episode. Oh, where we yeah. just yeah, dive yeah. into, like, what is the First Order? Where do they come from? What is the background behind it? And pitch each other our ideas for what yeah. it could be. Because I think there's a lot of different angles we could come at it from. So I think for now, maybe we pin in that one because yeah. I'm really enjoying this discussion of Finn's character arc and, and journey in the first film. Uh, I like the idea of him, yeah, turning a blind eye to things at first until these characters help him evolve. And then there is this, you know, this conflict where he's finally starting to see the atrocities and then he takes up a fight against them for the first time yeah um i'm not trying to step on the toes of poe episode which at the time of this release may yet to be coming out or has already come out who knows uh this poe would be before this episode okay yeah, yeah. we've so had we some can... discussion around poe stuff and being like you can still feel in yeah. context though for yeah. anyone who's this is their first episode okay right so in uh we've done a poe episode in which uh we've talked about if, if we're going to humanize someone who's from the first order then you struggle with the issue of humanizing all of them yeah. and seeing them all as people and therefore you can't just go back to killing them without feeling a great sense of, of uh, remorse if we yeah if we do want to dive into the this side of it they never really did this in the original trilogy no. where there was never any stormtroopers who were humanized they were all just like faceless people you could just shoot down and it was fun for an action scene yeah this does add a layer of complexity to it and it makes it harder to have fun action-filled scenes where you are blasting real people to bits you know it's... you gotta think about that stuff sometimes though. yeah and i think if we're gonna do it at any time this is the trilogy and i think um last week we brought up we i compared it to um, no way home with yeah. spider-man and the yeah. idea of like all these spider villains were all murdered in the original films they were in and it's like okay how about if we go through and try and change it so that we save them instead and try and fix their problems and help them and actually be a superhero and like you can see that as a disneyfication if you want to but i think it's just the more human better way of storytelling honestly yeah, yeah. well yeah empathy is in everyone like you don't want to believe the worst in people no. like you want to see their good and like i'm sorry but i will include stuff from the clone wars no like, go for it like you see it in the clone wars like you get to see all these clones and you're like oh my god they're human characters i'm still distraught about like order 66 and i'm like oh my god these people i adore are destroying everything yeah and like even if you got to see like like even a squadron of the people finn got to work with and just see them human to each other like it's just so much more devastating yeah and it adds that layer of complexity, but it also adds that layer of drama where you can dive deeper into these characters and you can have the moral dilemma of like, we don't want to shoot people. We want to get out of this with diplomacy. Anyway, Everyone's hello. an Obi-Wan. Everyone's a negotiator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So I had this idea uh, during the week developing thoughts about Finn that he should secretly be betraying them okay. most of the film until he gets to the point where, you know, he sees the true evil and he's kind of, that turns actually started to happen. 
And then he regrets it, and then they reject him, and he's got to make amends for it in the third act, and you know, that, all these things. That is a little bit tropey, but I actually really like it. It is a bit tropey, um, but it works. It does yeah. work, and there's definitely a moment where you can have it where he finds, like, a transponder, or he has one, and he uses it. Like, secretly been transmitting their location, yeah, so he's been tracking them. So instead of having, like, a light speed tracker, because we're very iffy on if that's going to happen at all, <laughs> Weird I, I like light speed tracker, right. and I think we could use it in 8 or 9, but in the first movie, if Finn is the one giving away their location, mm. that's, that's perfect, really. Yeah. Um, and then by the time he sees the truth where have we seen that before that feels so familiar well, as a trope well i think oh, it's yeah. the trope of like oh it's in like 10 things um not 10 things i hate about you yeah it's like the basic one of i'm using you for a bet or i'm yeah. gonna date them out of pity and then they get turned on and they're like yeah, that is 10 things what, i hate about you yeah, no yeah, you're right yeah, that's yeah, perfect it's really just every rom-com <laughs> it's every rom-com yeah, join us on our star wars podcast where we reference rom-coms <laughs> Perfect. Hey. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Uh, and that, that's where that trope feels like it's coming from. Uh, yeah. And in a million different things, we have the person turn on them and then they become good and they regret turning on them. Yeah. And then they're betrayed and yeah. then they have to come good in the end. Star Wars has never not been tropey. So. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I think we can definitely... But you uh, love some of the tropes. Like, you yeah. can't go wrong with it. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, we can make that one for later because it feels like it's going to work <laughs> very well oh, in yeah. the story. And so, yeah, that'll leave him in the third act then having to, you know do some grand gesture helping in the in, in whatever well in our third act climax what we've got written is that leia is getting revealed to the senate um on hosnian prime as yeah. being darth vader's daughter basically they use this as the linchpin for their argument to tank her political career and yeah. get her arrested because they say they frame her for using the force to manipulate people's minds in yeah. the senate the way, the way you guys were talking about that last week <laughs> yeah with your espionage and stuff i was there listening with back to the episode with my roommate and I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Do you like it? Do you like that idea? It's hilarious. I loved it so much. <laughs> Fully framing, because then I thought, thought about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. So they can actually, like, go and kill some of their own senators to frame her. Because they need evidence. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's something they would do. They're so evil. Exactly. Yeah. That's perfect. So they're oh going to kill God. people and frame them. Anyway, so Leia gets exposed. They're going to try and arrest her. Maybe Ray and Poe are there trying to save her in that room. Yeah. Yeah. And then as they get out, Finn rocks up with a ship. And yeah. he's the one who saves them and like gets them on the evac and, the so, and like redeems himself in yeah. that way. Yeah. That works perfectly as well. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff we can play with there, I reckon. So many options. This third act's going to be fucking hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's where it all like kind of comes together at the end. Uh, First and second are going to be so easy, honestly. Yeah. yeah, it it very much is feeling like an adventure film with the three of these characters. Yeah, and like the the idea of like Finn betraying them and having to redeem himself in their eyes is such yeah. a that's like... so <laughs> core yeah. to a lot of adventure stories. Like even Han does that in the in A New Hope. You know, like they are disappointed in him as he leaves. Yeah, and then he comes in and saves yeah. the day right yeah. at the end. It's the same yeah. stuff. So um, there's that there's that quote which is what they use in the trailer, which is brilliant from Finn. The marketing they did for Force Awakens was they give a spotlight to each of the four new characters that we've introduced. So okay, Ray, Finn, Poe, and Kylo. And Finn's one is, I was raised to do one thing, but now I've got nothing to fight for. We're seeing him turn coat, but maybe he doesn't necessarily believe in the in the new doctrine that he's been given. Maybe his journey in this first one is perhaps just about overcoming the First Order. So where does he go from there? So this question of, I was raised to do one thing, I've got nothing to fight for, I think right. could be something interesting to explore beyond. I mean, I 100% agree. If you've gone your whole life indoctrinated into one really, really far side, you're not immediately going to go to the other side just purely out of fear. Like, yeah. I think... I think his journey to the Rebels should be the longest out of any of the characters because mm-hmm. he's the most to lose and he is he's the most aware of how far these sides can go. Like, And we see it in the first movie, which is kind of weird. Like, He immediately goes, oh, yeah, I'm very important with the Rebels, which is obviously just a point to get out of here. But yeah. I think out of anyone, out of Ray, Poe, any of them, he would have the most issue with them mm. because he could just see them the same as the Empire. Like, a way, in a way, a lot of people saw 
the Jedi and the Sith very similar. Like, oh, they're both, like, indoctrinating these kids into their very core strong beliefs. Mm. And I think until he realises what the rebels are fighting for and whether or not he agrees with their morals and ethics, I don't think they should get along well. And I think he would especially have an issue with Leia because Leia would need to personally prove to him what makes you different. Mm. Aside from, like, obviously these atrocities. He also might have been raised to see Leia as an enemy. Exactly. So who knows? Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch you guys something go that's gonna like freak you out. So <laughs> I <laughs> So I've got I I've got this kind of thing in my head. If we're gonna have an adventure, we need to have the characters on that adventure have fun and engage with each other. Yep. So we have Ray, Finn, and Poe. They need to at least have some snarky banter, they need to be bickering, it's gotta be funny and engaging. Adding an other another dynamic onto that, Finn obviously hates these people, but he pretends to like them. And he, <laughs> he recites this, like, maybe, like, mantra where he's yep. like, they always lie. The Jedi are evil. And he recites it. And it's something that he's been, like, programmed to believe and, yep. they're, like, indoctrinated to believe. And he recites it maybe before he, like, goes to bed or something. So you see him during the day engaging with them, being friendly. Like, obviously, he's like, oh, the rebels are idiots. But he's not being super evil. He's not right. being, like, a crazy Nazi. But every time before he goes to bed, he's reciting this mantra. Yeah. And that's, then that's, he's like, I'm on with the force, the force is with me. That's sort of, like, yeah, but the right. opposite, where yeah. he's he's keeping the programming and I'm not with the force. It. There is no force. Fuck the force. And then he sees <laughs> the them be good me. people and they're slowly like converting him. And he's yeah. like, no. And he's using the mantra to try and stay locked into his beliefs. Yeah. And it's kind of like freaky almost. And then when he uses the transponder, it's like this moment where he's like reciting it and he's like, not sure if he should do it. And then he uses it and regrets it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I like 100% it. agree. I mean, imagine how freaky it is, especially if you grow up fearing the Jedi, like, hey, there are these group of ancient people that can mess with your mind like they can get inside like that would be such a freaky concept for someone that that's why he's like these kind of mantras he's like don't let them get in your mind and also you would kind of have that fear like he doesn't know how powerful he's like can they read my mind like you'd have those little moments of oh god they know and then of course they're like feeding lies they're like they can read your mind across the galaxy they know everything you're thinking you know and they they feed you these boogeyman stories i think it'd be cool if finn is a jedi hunter because I love how he uses the stun stick. And I love yeah. that he knows how to use a lightsaber and stuff. I've always loved that about him. Um, even if he's not a Jedi or Force a sensitive or anything. I think he should be a Jedi hunter and has been trained to use stun sticks to kill them. He has been taught that the Jedi are a secret group of assassins designed to tear down the government. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nothing, maybe, it doesn't even be that intense. But that's but... what, like, Order 66 is. Exactly. Like, it's like, it's not a crazy idea. That's literally, they committed treason and the people like, oh my god, there are people running away round with laser sticks and they can read your mind like i would personally be freaking out something we've talked about before is that luke has his you know his jedi temple he's trying to rebuild the jedi order and with that he's trying to keep them separate from everyone and to keep them safe because of course you would after what happened to them last time and they're so small and vulnerable now they need to be kept secret and safe so there's limited information about them in the new republic so people can very easily build up this propaganda we also haven't defined exactly what the new republic thinks of the jedi and how they operate and this is true and maybe there's factions that like them like leia's faction who's like the jedi are good we're trying to rebuild them to create peace in the galaxy and then other factions are like didn't darth vader have some of those strange (laughs) weird religious powers like and yeah Well, that's so interesting. Like, I think the line between Jedi and Sith becomes so blurred throughout the story and you have people, and you have that moment where they're on the ship and Force Awakens and Han goes, everything you've heard is true. And we're like, I don't know what you've heard. Like, I haven't heard. Like, (laughs) Like, what have have we heard? What have we heard? What is... Again, they don't define. Exactly. Well, then even predating, like, Clone Wars and all that stuff, you have the Jedi who go from peacekeepers, Jedi who were aside from politics and they weren't operating with politics and then they get brought into the politics and that's when it starts going down. When they get re-separated from the politics, are they completely different? Mm. 
There's there's a lot of different directions to go with it, but yeah, I like the idea that Finn hunter. is a Jedi hunter. He's never ever faced a Jedi. He doesn't. He thinks that like <laughs> yeah. like straight up, he has like boogeyman ideas yeah. of who the Jedi are. He's never seen one. You guys seen uh, Jojo Rabbit? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So you know how they treat in the in that camp that's they're like running, goblin people. How they treat yeah. the Jews? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sort of similar to that, where like they have these crazy ideas of like what the Jedi look like and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's been trained to like hunt them down. But my question is, does he know like with ray and that at what point is he figuring out because she still doesn't fully know the extent of her powers he doesn't know the full extent like they're both just there as could in be the dark. a moment and where what if she's scared of she's herself? been doing these small force powers and stuff throughout the movie and then there's a moment where maybe she like pulls a lightsaber towards her or she does something that's like oh she has the force and finn looks like, at her terrified yeah because he's been aims, afraid aims and then he like yeah. he goes to maybe kill her he doesn't do it and then he he presses the transponder and calls yeah. the the first order to come and find them, kind of thing. And then he like runs yeah. away, and it's like that moment of fear and weakness, you know. And yeah. even though they've become friends, it'd also be interesting for Ray. Like again, it depends on how far the Jedi propaganda's gone. Would she not be scared of herself? Like we have that moment where she has that Sith vision in the movies, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm turning." <laughs> that stuff like you know if i randomly started pulling things towards me i'd be a little scared myself You'd be a bit freaked out yeah. yeah we're still defining i think her understanding of it you know, mm. that we, got, we only got so yeah. far in her episode yeah. that we've done so far ray still i think there's a lot of work to be done but i yeah. where i'm at in my head with ray is that she's pretty much unaware of anything where she is on the outer rim she doesn't know anything about the new republic or the first order or the force or luke skywalker any none of it affects so, her day-to-day life yeah you know? she's so far removed from it that she knows the you know the crime families and stuff and she knows that there is civilization somewhere far away from so her. you know our planet does trade with these people yeah clarify like these three people's knowledge on the jedi you have one person who's terrified absolutely terrified one person doesn't even not a clue what they are doesn't care who yeah. is one doesn't know yeah and then we're guessing that poe's gonna have this like glorious image the most powerful so, fighter in the galaxy it would be that's so, how he would see Luke. It would exactly how so Luke. Yeah. cool if finn and poe saw her use that power at the same time and you get to see both of their reactions and yeah. you get to see the two different sides of oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah that's really interesting too uh, i hadn't thought about how poe would react as we, do, well. we do anime cuts to their faces <laughs> and then being like slow zoom in <laughs> he's just Poe could immediately switch and be like, oh, oh, you can kill all of them. You can take them all out. You're so much Poe's more powerful than like, anyone yeah. here. You know? Yeah, Ray can't do anything. Poe's like, so we're just going to send you in. Yeah. Um, we're good. We're saved. <laughs> all right. I've been hogging this for a while. You guys got any ideas you want to throw out? Okay. So no, I'll, I'll talk about now stuff for episode eight, if that's right. Like some potential ways of where to go beyond. Because I think we're pretty well defined on like what we want to see Finn do in seven in terms of like what journey we want him to overcome just yeah. overcoming that shit seven i got two paths there's the one where he does have the force there's one where he doesn't have the force oh yeah go for it yeah okay so i have one where he does have the force and he's like i don't know well, again we, i'm not sure of the circumstance but say he's training to become a jedi say he's trained to become a jedi with ray under luke i had this thought that he throughout the entire film is struggling with grasping the force and the whole you know it's 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 i think it's very clearly defined put the put the metachlorians aside that your connection with the force and your strength in the force is how much you allow yourself to you know give, fully give yourself to the force it's not oh i've got ten thousand metachlorians it's no <laughs> how open are you to the force i think that perhaps in this version ray might be better at that okay opening up to the force but you know finn who's been raised to be terrified of the jedi and the force and he's been part of this this doctrine of the first order wouldn't understand any of it and he would struggle he would struggle he would struggle and then last episode, we, you guys were t- kind of talking about, you know, Poe dies at the end of yes. episode eight. We yeah. kind of see his arc summarized being wrapped up into Yeah, it. sorry, Emily. No! <laughs> Our idea is that he, you know, becomes a hero. He becomes a pretty much paragon of good. And then he makes the ultimate sacrifice at the end of episode eight. And then Finn takes over as the leader yeah. of, like, Sky the Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so, so part sad, right? Of that, because they have this connection that develops, the two of those characters, they just learn to be, you know, very, very sincere friends. When Poe dies, I've had this thought of like, that's your final turning point for Finn. Yeah. Where it's an act of seeing a loved one die that ordinarily would turn someone to the dark side. I think he'd finally feel resolve yeah. and then finally be able to let go. And that's when he was actually able to be like, go full Jedi mode in that, in that instance. That's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. I feel like that might make him very much a main character um, in that kind of sense. And I like where we are now. We've raised the main character yep. and then we have Poe and Finn as kind of the backup characters in the trio. But yep. it's ultimately Ray's story. And that's, Pretty much the main reason I'm against Finn having the Force is because it would take away from that Fair story. Enough. Yeah, I agree. But also, like, the way the Force manifests and the type of Jedi you become can be vastly different. Like, you see it all throughout. Like, some do go the combat side and become more fighters, versus some use their Force abilities not for fighting in any aspect. On the other side, though, however, yeah. uh, one where he doesn't have the Force, I still want him to use a lightsaber. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I don't know why. No, no, I think no, the I visual know. is just so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, so we know that from Rebels that there's a certain... It, not being a Force user and using a lightsaber, you still have to have a certain connection with that weapon where, you know, it's kind of like how the... I guess the samurai trained a sense of, like, you know, the lightsaber is an extension of yourself. He has to understand that. Well, too, even then, right? like, the Mandalorians don't... Yeah. They're not Force-sensitive, but uh, they have the Darksaber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have the, to learn how to connect to it. Yeah, the same deal with, like, with Mando's training. Though. Yeah. Like, he had to... Yeah. Exactly. And it's, you like, respect gotta... for the weapon. I yeah. would love to see something like that for Finn. That yeah. would be epic. It would be awesome. But, yeah, having a for- non-Force-sensitive character being, you know, okay, he's never going to be as good as a Jedi or as good as a Force-sensitive, but he is good, would be really cool. Basically, I said that by the final film, I want him to be... The equivalent of the hero on the ground if ray is doing you know luke or anakin's you know sort of journey then finn's sort of the part he plays in the story is more equivalent to han or leia's or Obi-Wan's. in like return of the jedi yeah yeah, yeah. That sort of one and I, can't, I really want him to lead an uprising uh, with first order stormtroopers like okay. i want him to liberate them on mass yeah, i think so. that like the promise of that is what led them to do that in rise of skywalker and it didn't work didn't know but the idea Man. of him eventually leading the resistance to salvation no that's not the right word to, to saving a bunch of first order troopers yeah. from their regime he wants to even, save the people who were just like him even if you could like um from that deleted scene you were talking about even if you could like show like they do not care about you they will kill you yeah and kind of that realization but it's also like how do you do that practically if it took him so long I think what we can do, like, um, while writing it, is have these moments in maybe eight and nine or even seven where there is moments where the First Order makes decisions that directly negatively impact the First Order troopers' lives. And you can kind of build up to this mutiny in episode nine. And then in episode nine, Finn goes through and he says, they did this to you. They did this to you. They kidnapped you when you were children to indoctrinate you to believe that this is the right way and it's not. And now they they don't care about you. Even if it's not, you need to go to the rebel alliance it's just you need, you need to, to leave, leave the yeah. empire and you need to fight against the you know your oppressors so then therefore you know if that's where he's ending up put his his character and his journey in a more global real world perspective you've got someone who's come from the really you know uh far right let's go far Say right it. that's it <laughs> he comes from the far righties of friggin <laughs> we did that. a little bit of this last week as well it's funny. <laughs> oh, i know yeah no okay so he's yeah super just hardcore indoctrinated to have someone go from there and then be able to basically turn that same group of people en masse yeah. against their their own evil would be really cool. I and I think it would show, and I think it would really show his character development really well of how he now knows himself and he like can look back on where he was and he knows that he's got the same traits as all these other people and he can speak to them from such a place of truth. I think convincing a whole battalion of First Order Troopers to throw down their arms yeah. 
um is is so key to our idea of like we don't want there to just be mindless war and killing we want there to be this theme of we want to save people who have fallen down the wrong path or have been put in a position where they were doomed to, to fail by someone else you know 20 years ago and they had no part in it, and now they're just kind of stuck on this road we want to be able to save those people and bring them back not just kill them no exactly. i think yeah. i think there's a beautiful message there yeah. and, and if that moment happens in episode nine that'd be fantastic <laughs> cool. i had this, I had this the yeah violence is not the yeah. answer i had this other thought uh the third film of each of the original trilogies has a has a bit where you get to see shit across the galaxy mm. you get to see the jedi purge across the galaxy in return of the jedi you get to see celebrations across the you galaxy do. as they beat the empire if Finn's uprising is somehow able to be seen across the galaxy as well on the planets, so we, we go back to, you know, the planets that we get to see across this trilogy, we get to go back and we get to see uprisings on each of those planets. That'd be a real cool thing to yeah. see, to have his journey end with like this massively broadcast thing of like him yelling at these like first order troopers and then they drop their weapons and then you see other people drop yeah. their weapons across the galaxy. Yeah. That's and, a cool and, moment and too. So, you know, like Ray is obviously the, the main hero character, but as, it, as is always the case with these Jedi people, they're doing the more grandiose thing. The big knew. grandiose philosophical yeah. fan of, the, yeah. the, the hero face of the Empire was of, of the Rebellion, sorry, wasn't necessarily Luke. I, you know, he definitely was one of them, but you know, Leia's Leia. the voice. She's yeah. the, the people's hero, and I could see Finn being that as well. I think, yeah, it'd be cool to see Finn interact a lot with Leia in yeah. Episode Nine as well, and kind of be directly inspired by her. Now, uh, sorry, I will resurrect an idea because I was I was talking about how you know he's I was ready to do one thing, I got nothing to fight for. Yeah. Now, I would like for that to be to play some major part in Episode Eight, finding his purpose, and then so even if he's not going down the path of being a Jedi still. Poe's death needs to have a significant effect on him, and I think that, regardless, that is the point of resolve yeah. for him. Once he sees his friend die for the cause, be the, like the light switch. Maybe more to Emily's it, point. What, what were you going to say? I was going to say, so it's like mirroring that first instance where he sees his friend die for nothing. Like, in like you know, at the start of the movie where his friend gets blood splattered across his hand and he realizes, oh my God, he died. You could mirror that, actually. They died that is for an interesting nothing point. versus yeah. this friend gave up everything. If I'm going to die, this is what I want to do. And you have that line mirrored back, like, I finally found something to fight for. No, that's interesting. But what I was going to bring up was your point of, by the end of the first movie, he's pretty much sided with, you know, Leia and that kind of political faction. And, you know, Poe, more, not more directly. But what you were talking about is, like, maybe it's not as simple as one movie maybe throughout episode eight he is still questioning and he is still having that moral dilemma and then by the time that poe sacrifices himself yeah. he's like no nah, i'm fully like locked in now yeah. i'm, I'm you on can't this just, side yeah. you can't just put him on some adventure yeah on the side that no will ultimately fail oh, so God. your theme of failure we're done talking about it we're done <laughs> i don't want to think <laughs> yeah. about canto yeah, bite again yeah god uh i think that's a very compelling story to have him be still kind of having that moral dilemma and then poe is the thing that like it's the linchpin that like really locks him into being on their side yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Got anything else as we um, get towards the end? Oh, not really, actually. I was, I was wondering about that. I was like, how are we going? Cause oh, like, yeah, we're, we're getting there. We've got about 10 minutes left, I think. By the fact that I've got three pages of notes, we've really covered it. Yeah, my question is, so how are we ending with his relation not only to, like, Republic, but also to, like, Ray? Where do they end up in the end? That's a good question. And actually, you've reminded me. I think Sandro sent me a message, and that's what he wanted to talk about the most. Oh, um, Sandro's notes. So Sandro doesn't have too many detailed notes, unfortunately. Okay. He's very. He said, I'm very jet-lagged. I have not had time to send in any notes. I'm very sorry. But he said, if there's anything I'd want to be covered in the episode, it's just laying out what connects and separates Ray for Finn personality-wise. What's Finn's upbringing? What does that look like? He wanted a pros and cons kind of thing. Maybe play with the idea that he has a better sense of strategy. That's something that he really likes. Is that hmm. is that Finn has like battle strategy? I didn't actually. And he makes plans. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I did have a note of that myself. And that's just more of like a, a what are Finn's skills and pros and cons? What traits does he have? Battle strategy and the ability to aim a gun and use a stun stick. I think very much fall in the. Because obviously, Poe's like the top out of them. 
that's my other thing. Ray's battle strategy. Ray or yeah, like in comparison to the other two, like yeah. without her Jedi stuff, she would have no battle. She's strategy. a scrapper. Yeah. She's, she yeah. fights to survive. What we've talked that's, about so yeah. far is that Ray has the Force, and she's also very good at mechanics, not piloting, but she can rip things apart and put them back together. Poe is a really good pilot and maybe good with a blaster, probably if I had to guess. Um, and then Finn is ex stormtrooper, ex like military, very good at battle strategy. Maybe yeah, okay. him and Poe could like fight and argue about like what's the best tactic here, yeah. and then Finn's correct. But yeah, no, like I that. literally said that myself. Is like he's he's adept with a blaster and hand to hand combat and battle strategy. Yeah, yeah he that can't all, fly. That all makes sense, and he cannot fly because that would be ridiculous. Would be not a pilot. <laughs> can't have too many pilots. Uh, we need one. Yeah, one pilot. One pilot. Every truly <laughs> for the love of God. A pilot. So what connects Ray and Finn? I think that's a really good question that Sandro's put in there. So it depends. We'd have to like backtrack on some things with Ray and like you know further expansion with her character. But I think perhaps just a. A deeper empathy for the fact that this guy is just so misguided you know yeah i think like she would see him as that lost puppy dog thing of being like oh buddy yeah maybe it's just she's the naive one to me yeah. like she oh. doesn't know she has no like sense of the unit like the galaxy around her True. um so i like the idea that they connect and that she's looking for the innate good in people because she is kind of naive in my mind yeah and she just wants to see the good in people and she sees it more in finn than she does in poe even though finn is very much on the wrong side Ray doesn't really know what's good or bad. She doesn't know if the First Order or the New Republic is good or bad. Mm. And maybe she sees Poe and she's like, oh, Poe's kind of this like sleazy dude who's, you know, kind of a dick. I don't really he like him as much. Rest as whereas like Finn is like actually nice and he's bantering and he's hanging out. And even though that's a complete facade and mm. he betrays her later on. Which I think, I think that, gonna hurt so that'll much hurt her more. a lot, you know, if like he is putting on this persona of being personable and likable to try and get out of this situation he's in. Then then that turns later into betrayal. I think that could tie them together, like, really, in an interesting yeah. way. And then he has to redeem himself in her eyes in the second movie, maybe. Yeah, yeah. In the second movie, I think that'd be good, to, yeah, to have them, like, you know, get along really well, and then she hates him. Yeah. Until a certain point. I think, yeah, that, that actually works really well. Because mm. <laughs> then you've got interesting characters who are hanging out, bantering, and then one of them betrays them because he's been pretending the whole time. And then he has to redeem himself in the second movie. Also, side note, but going back to like Poe, if Poe already wanted to kill him at first yep. and then they become friends and he's like, yay, and then he betrays him again, yeah. like as much as Ray hates him, Poe's going to despise him. Is Poe going to fall along the same? Because Poe doesn't see that necessarily good in people when he comes back. He's like, you did this grand gesture. Yeah. His redemption needs to be huge. Yeah, I think that's most... Yeah, I think maybe it's his redemption arc in the second movie. I think that's kind of where it's leaning towards now because... You'd get to that ending scene where he comes in, saves the day, flies in the ship and rescues them. Then you'd have the time skip between one and two. And then at the start, Finn is being cold-shouldered by Ray and Poe. <laughs> and they're best buddies now. And they don't want to talk to Finn is kind of what I'm seeing in my head at the start of that movie. And then the second movie is like them having to reconnect. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking that his betrayal needs to, still, needs to be resolved in this first, by the end okay. of the first film. Just because if we're going to time jump, we can't have them all be working together for years and still, and still hate him. No. That's fair. That's a good yeah. point. I it's a little bit silly. That grand gesture would need to be something so much bigger than just saving. He them. bought them a Lego Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's yeah, that'd buy me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I think we'll we'll come back to that one later. It's always hard to create this. There's always new conflict. Yeah. I um. It's it's like the first movie is like coming together so much, and then the second and third is so nebulous. They're just like a loose string of ideas okay, and question we marks. Need to, we need to we need to lock something down first before we know where to go. You know? It's a, it's yeah. a very good point. It's a very good point. I think that is roughly about all the time we're gonna have for this week, unless we've got any final notes we wanna chuck in. Cool name. We're keeping the name. We'll work that Finn's in cool there name. somehow. And we'll do the yeah the FN two one eight seven. Keep the keep the same thing. Have the the number. Twenty one eighty seven is a good reference. Twenty one eighty seven. That's the cell block where layer is kept. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. 
Well, that is all the time we have. No, it's not. I'm an idiot. I'm skipping Article 3. We've got to recap okay, yeah, yeah, everything yeah. we talked about today. Okay. okay. So, Finn's character, start to finish. We're rewriting it top to bottom. He starts out indoctrinated by the First Order heavily. And his whole arc in the first film is him overcoming that indoctrination. And a big part in the turning point of the story is he's putting on this facade. He's pretending to be their friend um, until he gets to this point where he's like, I am going to betray them. I'm going to turn on my transponder and signal Captain Phasma to come and find me kind of thing and, and rescue me out of the situation. That betrayal, he regrets almost immediately, I think. Uh, and then he decides, I'm going to go out and save them from whatever's happening in the New Republic Senate room. And that's, am I missing anything there? Fill, fill in the gaps. I mean, yeah. And it's got to come from a place of pure fear for the Jedi. Yes. So he is a Jedi hunter and he sees Rey use the Force and he's terrified. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. At least Force Awakens, that's it. Yeah. That's a a fun little character arc that we've got for Finn now. That's brilliant. Uh, And maybe Sandro will hate it and he'll tell us to start again. Uh, He is our our writing supervisor, of course. Yeah. We'll see what he reckons. But for now, uh, that has been our character analysis and our potential rewrite of of Finn's character in the sequel trilogy. Thank you so much for watching and listening, however you're consuming this content. We have been fixing the sequel trilogy, and until next time, may the Force be with you.